This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good morning. Welcome to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton back with you this morning. We are on the Zoom call with Dr. Stephen Nacko. We always enjoy talking to Stephen. Stephen not only heads up our community college, he's also uh, one of my partners in crime on the Police and Fire Commission, so I get to work with him in that aspect. Good morning, Stephen. How are you? I'm fine, Linda. And, you know, I'm wearing black today in um, commiseration with all of you at WDAN, all of you Colts fans. So, so showing solidarity i think that's more that's more a holy thing than it is the entire station but we'll go with that this morning that's fine yeah it was an interesting uh, football weekend steven let's talk for a minute um about uh first semester out at the college how did things go for you uh do you think do you uh, how was your enrollment how was your continued enrollment because that's always a big question and when when COVID started to Omicron started to raise its ugly head, you guys still seem to get through okay. So kind of wrap up that that first semester. You know, let me just start off by saying not a lot of people know, but you and and probably more than a dozen other community members help every year or actually every other month with something called access, equity, and inclusion at DAC. Yes. And that that committee helps guide us in ways I just can't possibly express even during at this time. So one of the things is with involved, it's led by our chief diversity officer, Dr. Dwight Lucas, but it's also just the, the leadership of the college listening to that. So one of the things we had to look at in enrollment, particularly in the fall is, what are we doing uh-oh. to ensure not only that enrollment, that we keep people on track to graduate, but also what are we doing to um, for underrepresented groups, particularly African-American males. And so that's been a, a key target throughout the, the fall semester and something we continue to work on. So that group you're part of in helping guide us with ideas, it's important. The overall enrollment got saved. I mean, we saved it. it we got people much better than in fall 2019, only because we didn't have what we had last fall, precipitous decline in the middle of the year where either through frustration or people with their home, it's, a lot of cases it's people with their home life where, where if the parents lost jobs or people weren't working, they had to go and drop out of school. So when they dropped out, it was really in the middle of last uh, fall of 2020 that we saw an incredible loss of enrollment. So this past fall, we didn't lose people. And I would say it's a credit to the faculty. We did not run exclusively online. We saw that th- those who had problems getting online, could we would lend them or give them what they needed in terms of laptops or hotspots. We wanted to keep people around. And the faculty in particular really took this personally as educators. And, and with the end of the semester enrollment was down a couple of percentage points at the start of the semester it looked like it was going to be a bloodbath again so that was good and now the rebounds continuing as we're looking into the spring enrollment is up headcounts up a ridiculous 18 percent the overall credit enrollment which matters the most is also up so we're we're we have we're going into the semester running class schedules the way we ran them before some is in person some is online or whatever whatever students want or need to help them to stay on track to graduate yeah, we're having problems with your audio, Stephen. You're cutting in and you're and out, and you're freezing. So 
take your video down and just use your audio, okay? See if that helps. Oh. Not that aren't you aren't lovely to look at this morning, but they can't see. I'm the only one that can. So take that down, see if that helps. Is okay. that is that okay? Gone. Does that help? Okay. So let's see if we can we can keep moving forward. So so here's a question for you. Um, as we have gone through this uh, COVID process, which now is unbelievably gone on for, we're into our third year. Uh, at first, people talked a lot about the opportunity for people to go back to school and uh, start new careers. And there was a slowness with that to develop. Have you seen that pick up speed where more people are interested in exploring other venues to earn a living, to create a professional career? I, I we as as a comprehensive community college that's really what keeps us in business it's the ability to be nimble and to adjust to community need and and really students own lives one of the ways to do that is to offer classes at times that are more convenient and last summer in fact we we had what was called saturday six packs which we're going to do again with weekend college for people who are had full-time jobs and really could only get away for a few um, for, for weekends so they could do Saturdays and really complete the whole in three weekends. So, so that's the kind of thing. But it's also looking at different careers, interests. I mean, we have as barber school. That was a big initiative that Laura Henskin started with a local barber who became an educator, Terrence Garrard. We're going to start barber school in the summer based on people really are looking for alternate careers. Of course, we can't produce enough welders or, or tractor trailer drivers and engineers and CNC machinists to meet local demand. So we have to continue to look at that as our key, key industries. But there are also students who, who are transferring and, and helping them transfer or to get a degree, get a bachelor's degree local is still a big deal with over 30 programs that we do with Franklin and, and with EIU for bachelor's degrees where you do two years with DAC, get your associate, third year with DAC, and then the fourth year online and you get a bachelor's degree for under $25,000. Yeah, which in this day and age is absolutely phenomenal. Hey, what we're gonna do, Derek, heads up. We're gonna, we're gonna take a break. Steven, I'm gonna ask you to sign out, drop off, and then sign back on again and see if we can improve that connection so we don't lose you. So we will be back with you in just a moment on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton with you this morning and on the Zoom call, we hope, Dr. Stephen Nacko, who is a president of Damalaria Community College. We're having some technical junk this morning for some reason, a Monday morning thing. Zoom does that to us every once in a while. Just says, hey, here I am, let me mess with you. So hopefully we've got him back and, and we'll continue. Are you there, Stephen? I am, and may, I think it's it's um, showing solidarity with the Colts. That's why it was, it's doing a lot of time <laughs> I really do think there's a lot going on. Bad karma. That could be. <laughs> Good point. Um, so let's talk now about... Uh, this new semester you're getting ready to kick off. Uh, what are you looking forward to some highlights? Because I know uh, the start of a new semester is always a big deal for you. Um, and you, you do uh, a lot to ensure that 
students feel welcome and ready to go and prepared? What are you, what are some of the highlights of what you're looking at for this semester? Well, one of the things, I mean, this is a, under the direction of the, the Board of Trustees at DAC is, is a, a wonderful representation of our community. And as such, they really understand and appreciate our commitment to running a college like a college, which means there are certain classes and labs that have to be in person. So we're running, we're running the schedule as if it's a, a college schedule. There are options for hybrid classes, which are mixed online. But we're, we're, we're going into the semester as, as, as um, to, to run it as safely as we did. I would say, and I, uh, the one place you could be sure you will always see people with masks, without exception, is at Danville Area Community College. That is true. And we did that last semester, and we'll continue, we'll continue that this semester. Yeah. Did I cut yeah. out again, Linda? Yeah, you're in and out. Um, yeah, the masks are, uh, are uh, uh, very present when, when you're on campus, and that's appreciated. So, so talk to me a little bit. You know, we... But also, we've not... Go ahead. Now, we've, we've also, to start this semester, we've had five staff member under Vice President Stacey Eamon and Vice President um, Jill Cranmore overseeing... Uh, cleared for class. That means we, everybody who comes to the campus, everybody who's a student and, and an employee needs to be either vaccinated or to, to come to our testing every week at Jacobs Hall, but now it's at the Bremer Center. So now, so now we, we're bringing in a COVID coordinator just to oversee that and make sure that there are no exceptions. If, if, you're, not, if you're not getting your weekly test and you haven't recorded the test, you're, you're out. You know, you're, you're not going to be able to come onto campus. One of the biggest biggest news beyond COVID though, so we run a college, is we're gonna start to work on Hegler Hall. We have an architect, Bailey Edward, that's going to do that. We have a new head of corporate training in Brittany Woodworth, who's been working with the casinos, works with all of our manufacturers, and also is now looking for the FedEx people to work with them. Our, we have a new chief academic officer by the name of Dr. Carl Bridges. He's, he's really, the brains of the college now, now that he's in charge of all teaching and learning. And, and he comes to us from Chicago. He's a business, a doctorate in business and teaches business as a mind of business. So he runs academic programs like a business. You look for where the community needs you and, and where there's an actual return on investment. What he's building now, he sees a demand for restaurant management, hospitality, culinary, associate degree that leads to a bachelor's degree. These are programs he is doing. We're looking forward to the national tournament, the national NJCAA basketball tournament. Um, March 15th it starts, and it's, it's where we get 300 to 400 volunteers all throughout Danville come out to the Mary Miller gym and help us um, welcome 16 teams. And maybe Danville, will, well, DAC will be one of the teams. Dr. Natko is secretly hoping. And then and when, what, something... <laughs> Yeah, I secretly hope. But it's also, um, well, not so secretly hope. Now that the Colts are yeah. out, that's all I've got. Um, you know what else we do? And this is an equity thing. We look at students who have 12 credits and, and think, if you only could have 15 credits or more, you could graduate in two years the way we want you to. So what we're doing is we're, we're making this really a permanent idea of if you have 12 credits, We'll waive you up to $600 more and you could have 15 credits and you can be a full-time student without paying extra. 
that program really is helping the working student, which over 60% of our students have jobs to subsidize their lives, to pay for their, their home life, to pay for their gasoline and everything. So that $600 program is, is really about helping students succeed. And another big, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. We've got the clock tower project is also going to start. So Hegler Hall will become the, the center for nursing and clock tower is being renovated to be in a state of good repair. We, we had a $2.5 million state pledge on it, and they said we needed more money. And our, our head of facility, Doug Adams, said, we don't have any more money. So the state blinked and threw in another million dollars. And then our wonderful board had to do the match of, of a third. You know, it was actually 25%. And so we're now up to $3.5 million to renovate Clock Tower and the Hegler Horticulture Greenhouse. So, those are, the, so the, those are things we're going into the semester we're very excited about. Yeah, you should be. Um, so let's talk for a minute about co community colleges in general. You know, when you, DAC has been around for so long. Uh, Ms. Miller had a dream, she made it happen. And so it's just been part of our community forever. And we just accept that. And sometimes I think we probably take it for granted. We forget what an integral part of the community that, that DAC actually is in terms of building a workforce, uh, educating students, and then for, for some of those students, getting them onto four-year universities. I remember back in the past, it was a, it was a nightmare to transfer from DAC to to the U of I, because I experienced it. I know what it's like. And I remember Dr. Jacobs said, this, this can't work, we've got to change this. And she went to work on that. And now it's much easier for a student to enroll at DAC, fulfill those early obligations, and then transfer to a four-year institution if that's what they choose to do. There have been so many changes at the community college level. You must be just, thrilled and overwhelmed with them. I, I, I'm going to say as a, as a comprehensive community college, this is this what, what we have here in Danville is is iconic from the standpoint of we really are inextricably linked to the very fabric of this community. Yeah. I mean, when you have a community where over 600 people make donations for scholarships so that we can ensure that every single student who needs or wants something, some kind of financial help to, to, get, to pay for their college degree, 100% of them this last year all received some scholarship help. That's, that's just off the charts. Now, what DAC has done for many years, and it, it started off with Mary Miller as a junior college, but with Dr. Jacobs, with, with um, other, other ones, Dr. Uh, Joe Morgan, uh, Bill Langus, there are people like that, um, Harry Brown, it became more of a comprehensive community college. So what we do with corporate training, what we do with corporate support, the American Job Center, which now has a, a, a grant from a federal grant, really to support every business with apprenticeship. So as, as we look at um, other initiatives like coopetition, which we're involved with, with our with our Vermilion County Works and also with our Small Business Development Center under Earl Steiner, we're, we are inextric we're, we're tied into 
our businesses and, and how we help local workforce development is, is a part of the mission that wasn't part of a mission of a, compre- of a, of a junior college, but it definitely is our mission here. So the, co- the casino, there's another one. We've already pretty much set up all the classes. So as soon as that comes in, we're going to be doing training for that. We'd also like to help people like maybe who want to just play at a casino and don't know the rules of the game and, and give through our community ed, give classes and how to gamble. So we you, it's a whole new world of community colleges. There's no doubt about that. We're going to go to break and be back in just a moment to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton with you and on the Zoom call this morning, Dr. Stephen Nacko, who is head of Danville Area Community College. Hey, Stephen, let's look ahead. Where do you see, when you... When you look back just over the last 20 years, I think, personally, uh, community colleges have evolved tremendously. Um, uh, they were already good, but but what they do now is just incredible. And certainly we believe ours does uh, better than any others. But as you look ahead, how do you see that continuing evolvement with community colleges? They Community colleges have... Um, you know, two, two uh, possible scenarios, and it's based on the state. One is a community college system, and the other is a community college that is municipally governed, as ours is. And, and in Illinois, with 48 community colleges, only sev- seven of them, the seven in Chicago, are overseen by a single chancellor. The other ones are autonomous. And autonomy is what you have in a state that's, that's tip to toe, 750 miles, you need, and with all of our different communities, you need that autonomy. So it's the local boards, it's the Dave Harveys and Greg Wolfs and, and Sandra Finches, and it's people like Terry Hill who know the community, who oversee that. So those kinds of community colleges can remain nimble. What's tougher, and it's ha- you're seeing this as a national trend, is, is the move towards to systems. Now, whether they're doing it because of, um, of just, just the governor control or something. The, most recently, this, the, um, the Connecticut community colleges that were all independent are now going to a system. And, and when they do that, though, there's only one real board. It's the one that's in charge. As a New Yorker, I've been a product of and, and also involved with the, the SUNY board. So the SUNY is 64 colleges and universities all run out of Albany. And what you have in those cases is you're not, you don't have community colleges that are demand responsive as, as the ones that, that we have in Illinois and we had in New Jersey, which is where I was before. And what the other part of it is community colleges tend to get quashed. They get ground under the heel of the major universities yeah. in places where states run things. So the SUNY system right now the community colleges are all facing massive cuts based on, on um, you know, if as SUNY goes, so goes their flagship universities. So the so the community colleges that are really in areas that have high need, they're they're getting they're getting v- very badly hurt financially. Illinois 
is wonderful. I mean, I, when I got here, there was no budget for a few years, but that affected everyone. But now, Illinois really does address and care about its community colleges. They, they have a, an association called the Illinois Community College Board that's, that, re, that works with us, which works with us, doesn't manage us, isn't in charge of us. Our boards are in charge of us, but really helps keep community colleges relevant. We need to be nimble. We need to be autonomous. And we also, our serving is different. And it's not a one-size-fits-all community college model. And they try to do that. And in places like Wisconsin, it happens, but also New York and now Connecticut. It's just, a, it's a failure. Well, and the other thing that can be said for community colleges that I think above all is critically important to uh, young folks uh, moving on with their education and certifications uh, is the fact that you have created a safety system there. You actually have an entire staff that cares about whether or not someone succeeds. So the anonymity that one can experience at the University of Illinois, which is quite breathtaking, uh, I remember that from many years ago, um, is not the same at community college level. Uh, they care about you. They care about whether or not you're going to make it, whether you're going to get where you need to be and do what you need to do. And I think that's a critical function of the college. Yeah, our faculty teach. That's what they do. That's what they want to do. That, and they teach and they assess their teaching and they figure out how to teach better. And then they document that. That's part of the process of accreditation, but it's also a commitment that they make. We have advisors and counselors. They know the students by name. They, 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 they track them. We have a new system we're, we're implementing called customer relationship management that is going to let us know everything that's going on with students. And anytime there's a problem, it gives us the ability to do what we call intrusive intervention. People at, at DAC, students aren't a number. They, yeah. Whether they're in the pet band or they're, they're, they're or on our new esports teams, they're people we know and we want to help. I mean, we have people in maintenance who are talking to students and saying, when are you graduating? It matters to everybody. You know, we want you to succeed here. Well, and in, in reality, Stephen, that, that alone can get somebody along on their way. You know, they, they, if they've hit, a, hit the wall or are struggling, to have somebody show they care, that can make a difference in keeping you moving forward and continuing what you're trying to do. Know your name. Yeah. Know the student's name. That's faculty do that. Why is it important to know the name? Because that's your first connection. Then what other connection? Who else knows the student's name? Sees them in the hall and says hello to them. Or finds something they're interested in. Could be choir. Could, it, could be, it could be like esports has been one of the best ways to... to yeah. To connect that's, students. That's way cool. I've, I've seen in many years. Absolutely. So, um, still open for enrollment? We're, we're, we start on January 18th. So okay. That'll be the day after Dr. Martin Luther King's holiday. Okay. And so, we're. Everybody get in yeah. there, get, yeah, get Come in there, on, get, get your some $600 bonus, be full time, be full time, because you'll graduate on time. Thank you, Stephen. It was good and to talk to you. Transfer. Thank yes, you. Will. We will talk to you again soon. Take care. Thanks. Hey, join me tomorrow. Three Kings of Peace will be with us. So join us for Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. I'm Linda Bolton.
Danville's Talk Station, 1490 WDAN Danville, W284DD Danville, and online at com. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.